You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chuck Carlson for We Hold These Truths. And we will be listening to and asking questions of Craig Hansen. Craig is a longtime member of our guidance committee and has done many things. He's had theological training and experience, and he's very principled in finding the truth within Scripture and bringing it out. And so we're delighted to have him talk to us about this program tonight, which is the subject of a paper that we have on our website. It's called Israel is on the Side of God, written by Craig Hansen. Now, Craig has led a number of our vigils and participated in others in California. And this title, Israel is on the Side of God, is in quotation marks coming from David Friedman, who is the ambassador to Israel appointed by the president occupants of the White House. And Craig will discuss with us which side of God is Israel on, the good side or the other side. So Craig, educate us. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, I, I can't even remember how I stumbled on the article. It's a, it's a New York Times article, and we've got the link on our webpage there. It starts out like this. The United States ambassador to Israel, a driving force in crafting the Trump administration's long-awaited proposal to settle the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That'll be a whole other podcast, that whole peace plan. We'll talk about that, not tonight, but some other time. He declared on Tuesday, and this was a couple weeks ago, that Israel was on the side of God. Speaking at a celebration sponsored by an American evangelical group to mark the anniversary of the move of the United States Embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv, Ambassador David Friedman said that Israel was gaining strength for two reasons. First, he said, the relationship between the two countries was growing stronger and stronger. And the second is that Israel has one secret weapon that not too many countries have, Mr. Friedman added. Israel is on the side of God, and we don't underestimate that. I, you know, I about fell out of my chair when I heard that. I go, you've got to be kidding. Here is a U.S. ambassador. Okay, He's supposed to be representing the United States to a foreign nation, in this case, Israel. And it's amazing to me that a representative of the United States could make such a definitive statement about God. It's really all not that surprising since uh, this ambassador happens to be an Orthodox Jew himself. But as the role of ambassador, one who is supposed to be the ultimate diplomat, his comment was completely inappropriate. So it really begs the question, quote, if Israel is on the side of God, well, who's not on God's side? Because the implication of that is anyone who is against the policy of Israel is ultimately against God. 
and this this whole idea is is, is really nothing new coming from uh, the Zionist leadership and Zionist support. In fact, this going even back far to uh, January 8th, 1937, the New York Times reported about David Ben-Gurion. He was claiming the Bible as a kind of deed to the land. In his testimony to the uh, British Royal Peel Commission, this is a quote from uh, Ben-Gurion, quote, we are coming to our own country by our own right of historic connection with the land, a right prior to the British mandate. As a matter of fact, the Bible is our mandate. And that was uh, David Ben-Gurion in 1937. But coming out of a U.S. diplomat's mouth, this comment was totally out of line. So I read the article, and again, it's on our webpage, so you get the link to it, so you can you can look at it. And a lot of people, even Jewish people, were shocked by that statement because it's so far beyond the bounds of diplomacy. But as soon as I read the article, knowing what we know about the history of Zionism, and again, on our webpage, there's so much on that. Allison Weir's book, excellent book, Against Our Better Judgment. There's so much information out there. It's only because you don't want to learn do you not know because the information is there it's not hidden in a corner someplace but i couldn't help but think about jesus comment about the sheep and the goats we're talking about sides here and the passage i'd like to quote from is from matthew 25 verses 31 through 46 and as i listened and read this article i said in the article that i wrote for we hold these truths i want to say right up front that i totally agree with the U.S. ambassador. Israel is on the side of God, but the question I ask is, which side? And as Christians, we firmly believe that the true representation of God on earth was through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and he had quite a bit to say about sides. And then I get into this passage in in Matthew. It goes like this, quote, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The difference between the ones on the left and the ones on the right was how they expressed mercy, compassion, justice, and generosity. So as Christians, we need to be looking at the actions of the nation of Israel, the actions of people we know, and our own actions, and see if those actions are Christ-like or unchristlike. And anyone that's reading this article that's done any research at all knows that the nation of Israel is not Christ-like, and that if anything, they really are off on the left side of the sheep and the goats issue. And you would learn by our website how corrosive Zionism is and how insipid, and it just it gets into things And people start getting not just deluded, but deceived by the Zionist message. Another passage I'd I'd like to look at about outside is in Acts 
chapter 7, verses 55 through 58, and it has to do with the stoning of Stephen. And it says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together. And again, these are the, uh, the, the Jewish leaders in the mob at that time. And so they ran, they put their fingers in the ears, and they cast Stephen out of the city and stoned him. I conclude by saying, so yes, Israel is on the side of God, but on the left side. And that's something I'm sure most Zionists wouldn't want us to hear and, and develop. That's how I see it. There's such a deception. And the level of deception in the Zionist movement, and it's whether it doesn't matter whether it's Jewish Zionism or Christian Zionism, there's this level of deception. And the thing is, all these people are very sincere. And I was one of them. And, and I'm sure a lot of us that are part of We Hold These Truths, that listen, we're coming out of that deception. But in that way of thinking, we were, and the Zionists still are, totally misguided as to who God is and what his purposes are on the earth. And as Christians, we are to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus, and, and that only by surrendering to Jesus as Lord and Savior will we have peace with God and then be on the right side of God. And that right side of God, that double meaning is intended. So that's kind of uh, my comments from the, um, the article there from the New York Times. Let's open it up now and see if you want to discuss anything about that. Yes, Craig. The argument that's constantly made is, well, you Christians are overlooking the promises made in the Old Testament to the state of Israel. And those promises are still kind and good today. And God does not forget his promises. And so he's delivered the land of Israel to the rightful owners. And there's indications of that found in the Old Testament. How do you answer that? There's no question, Chuck, that God gave the ancient Israelites the land of Canaan. That's the stories we all grew up with. That's a given. But also, there is no question that they were removed from the land by God for disobedience and idolatry. And the Zionists love to quote that passage on Genesis 12. But the thing is, there is no promise in the Old Testament scripture, who they like to use so much, for God returning a rebellious, atheistic Israelite back to the land of Canaan. There was nothing there. The only way you could come back was in repentance and obedience to God. And the land always belonged to God. The Israelites were just tenants. And so it's clear throughout the Old Testament scriptures that the land never belonged to the Israelites. It belonged to God. And, you know, he could kick them out and bring them back as he so chose. But as Christians, we take our marching orders from the New Testament, from the work of Jesus Christ, his words recorded in the, the Gospels, then the, the following in the Acts of the Apostles and the Epistles. That's where we take our marching orders, not from the Old Testament scriptures. And when you look at what Jesus had to say about the kingdom and the nation of Israel and so forth, the first one, when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my disciples would fight for it. So he is removing this whole idea of nationalism and a kingdom outside of a physical land. And also when just before uh, Jesus goes to 
I think it's the, the Garden of Gethsemane. It's right about that time. We have Jesus looking over Jerusalem, and he says, Jerusalem, that she has killed the prophets and so forth. How often I would gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. He, he goes, behold, your house is left to you desolate. And he also says, but this generation will not pass away until the temple is destroyed. And then in the basically the end comes of the age, the end of the Judaism age. And that was 70 A.D. when the whole system of Jewish worship with the temple, all that sacrifices, that was totally destroyed. That's the desolate house that Jesus was talking about in Matthew. So you can't find anything in the New Testament that would justify this Zionist claim that this land belongs to the Zionists or Jews or however we want to call them. It's not there. And I have yet to find anyone that could show me from the New Testament that justifies a modern state of Israel under God. God's doing it. And also Genesis 12 asserts that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah, the seed through whom all the nations will be blessed. That is and always has been the only gospel message of both right. the Old and the New Testament. People make that the book of Genesis or any other Old Testament books promises a piece of land to a, a population that didn't exist and uh, cannot even be identified with the ancient state of Israel is grasping straws out of the air. Yeah, Chuck, what you're talking about there is Galatians chapter 3, which starts out by saying, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's the first line in that chapter 3. And that's exactly what I was talking about is the deception, which is so prevalent in the evangelical churches today. It, this thing is so embedded into the teaching. And we always, we keep coming every time, I think every podcast, we mention the Schofield Reference Bible, Dallas Theological Seminary, all this teaching that has permeated the evangelical church to the point where the average pew sitter, they think that's gospel because that's what they've been taught. That's what their pastors have been taught. That's what the pastor's pastors have been taught. It's so insidious and pervasive across the evangelical circles. Let me read that short passage. Verse 1 of Galatians 3 reads, O foolish Galatians, who bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was graphically crucified? Saying that was before their very eyes. They watched Jesus be crucified. Yes. This only I want to learn from you. Did you get the Spirit by works of law or by the hearing of the faith? So foolish are you? Question mark. So, as you say, Paul challenged the Galatians as being gullible and foolish. Down in verse 16 of this same chapter 3, written by Paul, it says, The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people but and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. So that shows the promise it was too, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. That's a great answer because it's popularly said that Jesus was speaking to all the Jews. And in fact, the statement is about Jesus only. 
Mm-hmm. Then yes. ending the last three verses here, starting at 26 of Galatians 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Great choice of scripture, yes. I don't see how any Zionist could read that and still get the interpretation out of Genesis 12. They do. It's amazing. It's something that we're pretty much all aware of is that the nation of Israel today is pretty much a godless nation. The homosexual capital of the world, abortion is legal and it's free. There's a group, I think it's like 20 plus percent, that consider themselves atheists and another 50 or 60 percent consider themselves non-religious. So it's, it is really the majority are not practicing Jews. It reminds me of the quote was attributed to Woody Allen. He said, I'm an atheist, but I know God gave us Palestine. And when I think back to this ambassador saying that Israel is on the side of God, it's like when someone comes to you and says, well, God told me this, or God told me that. Well, how do you argue with that? How do you say, well, no, God didn't tell you that. It's crazy. But for an ambassador to say this in a public setting and in representing the United States, it's way over the top. I just encourage anyone to read that New York Times article and then read my my article uh, in response to that and realize that the United States has gone over the top here. There's no question that the United States cannot be an honest peace broker in the Middle East. It is so one-sidedly pro-Israel, pro-Zionist that there is no room for any negotiation that would be beneficial to the Palestinians. And I think as we get down the road here a little bit, we'll be talking more about this peace plan, which is basically saying to the Palestinians, accept this plan or die is kind of what this plan is. But again, I just want to encourage people to look at the scripture, look at the promises in the Old Testament, and look how they've been twisted and brought into the church through the Schofield Reference Bible, through all these different things, and realize that unless you follow Jesus and his teachings, you're opening yourself up to all kinds of deception. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.